breaking news from KXAN News. And that breaking is what following for you. An Austin police SWAT team is still surrounding an apartment complex in North Austin. This I'm Sally Hernandez. And I'm Tom Miller. Police are at the Starburst Apartments off I-35 north of 183. People nearby have been evacuated. Officers originally responded around 9 o'clock last night. Police say a person called 911 saying they got robbed right outside an apartment. APD believes the suspect then locked themselves in that unit. First warning weather with meteorologist Kristen Curry. Well, good Tuesday morning to you. Good morning to those listening in on the podcast. Thanks for taking us along with you. Right now, I'm tracking some pockets of very light rain drizzle for most as far as those who were actually lucky enough to see the rain this morning. The view from the Lady Bird Johnson Wildflower Center camera there in South Austin showing me those raindrops, but it is very isolated. Most of us at this hour dry. We do have one more day of scattered storms and showers possible before dry skies overtake all of Central Texas. We've got temperatures in those 60s to low 70s. It's a little cooler out there compared to yesterday as we're down about 2 to 4 degrees. This cooling trend stays with us through the day today. So we're not going to be quite as warm, but it's still going to be fairly comfortable as far as those highs go. Likely to breach that 80 degree mark forecast high downtown. 82 with some spotty storms on the way. So coming up in your first warning forecast, I'll track out this last storm, this last round of storms, I should say, before drier conditions come in midweek, really Wednesday, Thursday, not a whole lot going on, but we'll take the drier weather. Late week cold front brings back the rain chances as we get into the weekend. So it's a brief dry out before our next weather maker has us reaching for the umbrella again. So we'll talk a lot more about what to expect today and in the days to come coming up in just a few minutes but wanted to update you on this rescue crews still on standby in different parts of Texas to help with rescues like this after this weekend's heavy rain Texas Task Force One posted these photos from some of their operations over the weekend. Crews rescued trapped livestock and moved them into safety with this boat here. They also evacuated five people and pets from areas near Houston in southeast of San Antonio. Sweet to see them helping out the animals. Thank you, Kristen. <laughs> Artificial intelligence is helping Austin police streamline non-emergency reports. That AI supposedly helping instances like burglary, harassment, and theft crimes that have already been happening and do not require calling 911. The department launched this new technology back in February, and KXAN's Brianna Hollis found out how it's working. This is where the guy tried to gain entry into my home when I was at work. John Bumgardner says if APD wasn't already nearby when he saw someone on his home surveillance camera trying to break in. That's why their response was so quick because they were backlogged so much okay. that it, had they not been in the area, they said it might have been a week or two before they arrived. Viewers tell us that wait time, and often longer, was standard when they reported non-emergencies online. Our previous reporting shows that helped speed up police response times to emergency calls, but it came at the cost of a non-emergency backlog. APD's new reporting system, which uses an AI bot to generate the report, aims to eliminate that backlog. Currently, we're, we're looking at about a three to five day turnaround uh, from the time in which a reporting party can drop a report into the system and that report will be assigned to a detective. He says this part of the process took much longer with the old system. However, that doesn't mean people who report crimes are getting their cases closed that quickly. I can't speak to how quickly they're being contacted back, uh, reporting parties by the detective that is, simply because I just don't know what their, their cues look like. I think that 
It's not the ideal and a permanent solution, but at least the city is trying different things and hopefully for people like me, who never think they're going to be in this situation, it's going to be a bit of a, a help compared to waiting. Brianna Hollis, KXAN News. APD says it's easier now to get updates on your reports. It says you'll get an email with a phone number of someone you can directly contact about your case. And as we go in depth on this, in the past, the Austin Police Department has had trouble getting its response times down, even answering calls. Last October, KXAN reported APD was down 23 dispatchers and 49 operators. Many viewers reach out telling us they were greeted by automated messages and put on hold. When the Department of Public Safety partnered with APD last month, emergency response times declined by 17%. City average response time of 8 minutes and 45 seconds. So far this month, though, the uh, response times for the highest level emergency calls are averaging 10 minutes and 8 seconds. Well, Mayor Austin Mayor Kirk Watson says DPS and APD's partnership is on hold for the next two weeks at least. State troopers have been patrolling Austin for the past six weeks because of APD's staffing levels are down. Troopers are now focusing their attention on border cities after the end of Title 42. There were 80 troopers and 20 special agents working in Austin under that initiative that is now paused. Just days after the end of Title 42, the Biden administration says its border policy is working. Border officials say the number of border crossings has gone down by 50%, but critics say the bigger problem is the surge that happened before Title 42 was lifted, with migrants now moving into other parts of the country. NBC News' Miguel Almanguer is in San Diego this morning on today's show, where processing centers remain over capacity, and cities across the country are scrambling to accommodate the influx of migrants into the country. Good morning. The crisis here at the border does continue, but it's moving away from border crossings to border detention and processing facilities. Coming up on the Today Show, we'll give you the new numbers inside those facilities. They are well over capacity. We'll also, also take you into local cities across the country that are seeing an influx of a humanitarian crisis on their own. And they are hundreds, if not thousands of miles away from the border. We'll have details coming up. Why a bill that would change how some families pay for education may not make it further into the legislative session. And with Memorial Day just around the corner, how many more Americans are going to be traveling this year? Good morning, a live look outside from the Lady Bird Johnson Wildflower Center down there in South Austin. And you can see we have some showers out there, some light rain. Kristen looking at when it could perhaps intensify in just a bit. I want to tell you about a bill that would use taxpayer money to help pay for some students' private school tuition. Well, it may not make it any further in the legislature. Lawmakers did not vote on it yesterday. No, the bill would also change end of school star testing. It's a huge issue. On top of that, the chairman of the House Public Education Committee laid out a rewritten version of the legislation, and it would only allow students with disabilities or those who attend an F-rated campus to get to that education savings account, so-called savings account. That would mean fewer than a million students would be eligible under that provision to enter the voucher program. This current committee sub is far too limited. It cuts out far too many parents that are asking for better choices. So no, I don't think it's going to go very far. And the governor's threatening to veto that bill. Critics argue this is a last-minute effort to draw more support for the school voucher plan. 
Texas children could soon be banned from getting certain gender transition related care. A gender transition bill is headed back to the Senate after the House approved a change. The legislation would ban transgender minors from getting puberty blockers and hormone therapy. The changes at some local schools to keep teachers in the classroom. An A property could help get people off the streets in Austin where the city hopes to house hundreds of people. Good morning, a live look outside from North Austin are indeed domain tower camera. Some pockets, clear skies, others still seeing some drizzle after uh, those afternoon showers yesterday uh, made for some interesting pickups. It was pouring when I was picking up my son from school. Speaking of school, public school teachers in Georgetown and San Marcos are going to be earning more money. Both school boards voting and approving a 3% pay raise. Great news. San Marcos ISD says this is just one of the ways they're trying to keep teachers. KXN Sarah Alshed looks at some of the other ways the district is hoping to recruit more. It's very exciting and it feels very unreal. Angelina Escalante is a soon-to-be fifth grade teacher at San Marcos CISD this coming school year. I'm going to be teaching science, social studies, and lit. It's a position she was able to get through a residency program with the district and Texas State University. They come in and take over some of our classrooms and it gives them a first year experience while they're still seniors in college. San Marcos CISD Chief of Communications Andrew Fernandez says they've hired a dozen of those student teachers this school year. Escalante now adding to that list. I actually got hired at the at the school that I student taught at. I know the community, I know my staff, my administration, and I just feel so comfortable. Along with recruiting teachers through the Texas State Program, the school board is paying teachers more. Not only a percentage increase, but we're also looking at longevity increases. So the longer you stay in San Marcos, we want to take care of you. Fernandez says right now they have 47 vacancies for next school year. So this summer, he says the district will continue trying to fill those positions by both attending and hosting job fairs. All the while, Escalante says she'll be gearing up for the first day of class. I'm just kind of trying to piece my year together, creating my Amazon wish list of like all the stuff I'm going to need. Like all of that feels like awesome. Sarah KXAN News. Nurses and counseling staff were also included in that 3% pay raise. The board also approved a longevity plan for teachers and nurses, and we reached out to the district to get more details on what incentives are included. This year, a group of educators came out with the Teacher Vacancy Task Force report and included some recommendations for lawmakers this legislative session. And pay was one of the big takeaways. It recommends that lawmakers raise that minimum salary to help small and rural school districts. Right now, Texas districts are required to pay new teachers at least 33000 a little more than that. Although most districts in the state do pay a lot more. On that pay scale, though, it would take more than 20 years for an educator to make more than $54,000 in Texas. State lawmakers still considering two bills that would help with teacher pay. And Memorial Day just around the corner, AAA predicting about 42 million Americans will travel 50 miles from home or more Memorial Day weekend. That is a 7% increase from last year. Memorial Day road trips are up to 37 million Americans will drive to their destinations, an increase of almost 
2 million more. Uh, nearly 3.4 million travelers are expected to fly. More people will be taking other modes of transportation this holiday, like buses and trains. And those travelers are expected to total nearly 2 million. Mm. So it is, yeah, it's coming up very soon at the end of the month. Yeah, unofficial start of summer. Here we go. Here it That's comes. Yeah. Isn't that when you can start wearing white pants? Uh, uh, What's yes, if not fashion police. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even follow those for you. rules. I'm wearing white, Tom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, way to call her out. Way to call her out. Let me show you what's going on with your forecast here. Clouds and radar showing a little bit of uh, light rain and pockets out there. Nothing that's going to drop a lot of rain on us yet. Those showers and thunderstorms will likely return later on into the day. As far as what's happening outside this morning, we've got a, I would say mostly to partly cloudy sky. I'm seeing clear skies up at the domain, but I showed you earlier that uh, camera we've got in South Austin that's actually bringing some light rain. So it, it kind of depends on where you're at this morning, but temperatures aerial wide, not a whole lot of range there. Most of us, if not all of us in the 60s to start, we are on our way to the 80s to finish. That's a 40% chance of scattered storms and showers we're going to be watching for later today. So when it comes to the timing of this, a little bit of light rain possible this morning. We'll start to beef up those rain chances as we get into the daytime heating. That sunshine, that warmth really helps trigger some of these spot storms, but you'll notice it's not quite as widespread as what we had yesterday. Those rain chances just coming down a touch, but we'll be watching for pockets of heavy rain for the later part of the afternoon and evening. So not everybody's going to see that rain, but those who do could see quite a bit. By a bit, I'm talking about about a half an inch to two inches of rain possible in just those isolated storms. So the flash flood threat today is a one out of four for pretty much all counties, but highlighting the fact that not everybody's going to see the rain, just going to be potential for those showers and storms that do develop to drop some heavy rain causing localized flooding. Today looks to be one of the wetter days of the next seven. Rain change is only down to 10% tomorrow. Dry skies all Thursday and most of Friday. This actually is going to be a cold front coming in. That brings us that chance of storms and showers late Friday night into the weekend here. Now, unfortunately, it's that time of year where we can't just get the good rain, right? It's either flooding or severe weather. And it looks like later this week on Friday, there's going to be a risk of severe weather. So it's early. We've got some time to watch it, but just giving you a heads up that we need to make sure we're staying up to date with that forecast with the risk of severe weather later in the week. As far as the rainfall goes, we could see another quarter of an inch to half an inch in spots here when it comes to the next seven days with that isolated risk of higher amounts today. Highs will be in the low 80s this afternoon, upper 80s tomorrow. 90s make a quick comeback Friday, but that cold front kind of helps us out. Yes, it does bring the chance of severe weather, but it also quickly makes those 90s disappear and we're back to the low to mid 80s Saturday, Sunday, Monday with some spotty to scattered showers and storms expected this weekend. Thank you, Kristen. Virginia police continue to investigate why a man attacks staffers at a congressman's office. U.S. Capitol Police said in a statement that the suspect went to Jerry Connolly's office in Fairfax. He had a metal baseball bat, according to police, and demanded to see the congressman who wasn't there. Investigators say he attacked two staffers. Congressman Connolly got a chance to visit both of them. I uh, spent some time in the hospital visiting both of my staffers who were injured. Uh, and I'm pleased to say that uh, both of them have now been released from the hospital. So that's you know, a real hopeful sign in terms of their, uh, the nature of their injuries and their recovery. Um, obviously trauma is a different matter. 
Um, and one of the staffers who was injured, she's an intern, and today was her first day. So imagine your first day in the office and comes in with a baseball bat and beats you. Police say the man faces charges on one count of aggravated malicious wounding and one count of malicious wounding. Still trying to figure out what his motive was. Twitter is defending its decision to limit tweets in Turkey during the presidential election over the weekend. Global Government Affairs account tweeted on Friday that it had taken action to restrict access to some content in Turkey in response to legal process. This election, which occurred on Sunday, is now headed for a runoff in two weeks. Elon Musk said in a tweet that the choice is have Twitter throttled in its entirety or limit access to some tweets. Which one do you want? End quote. That's what he said. Investigators with the U.S. Virgin Islands are subpoenaing Musk. They want documents about fees Musk paid to Jeffrey Epstein or J.P. Morgan Chase dating back to 2002. The U.S. Virgin Islands doesn't accuse Musk of any wrongdoing in the latest filings, but it does allege that J.P. Morgan Chase facilitated the trafficking of minors for sexual abuse by Epstein and knowingly benefited from the uh, sex trafficking that he participated in. If you receive a call claiming to be from Travis County, be careful because the sheriff's office says someone out there is calling, they're posing as a county employee, and they're asking you to pay up for missing jury duty. It's a scam. We did ask the sheriff's office after noticing complaints and online posts about a caller pretending to be a lieutenant or other member of the force. And some said the caller threatened arrest warrants. Others mentioned emails with signed notices appearing legitimate. The Sheriff's Office tells KXAN the agency will never ask immediate payment for anything via wire transfer, gift card, a prepaid card. That's all a sign. Anyone unsure can also call the Sheriff's Office about any kind of legitimacy of the notice that they get. So we have more details as well as the actual punishment that you could get for missing jury duty with this story on our website, KXAN.com. The Archery National Championships are over, and as Noah Gross reports, the kids from Highland Park Elementary in North Austin saw their perseverance pay off. It just kind of feels like you're in your own world, almost. Blocking it all out, there's benefits for the elementary school archery team at Highland Park. It is good for their focus, their patience, and that, uh, that work ethic. They've been setting a personal goal and really working towards it. And they sure have reached their goal. The Scotties are 2023 national champions in the elementary school division. Um, it was extremely fun when we heard about it. Our school has never done something like that. And so I think when we first found out, we were like, oh my gosh, like that's so crazy. Like we just like broke a school record. Now the Scotties have gotten close in years past, but to bring home the hardware this year from Sandy, Utah, well, their life sure has changed. We were all just like trying to explain. One of my friends were like, tell me every single tiny detail about everything. It doesn't feel real, so you have to kind of transfix your brain to saying, hi, I just won a national championship. It's sort of been like, sort of like being a celebrity. Like every, everybody at school yeah. will come and ask you how, what happened. A different sport, but one that teaches these young archers. But it may not always go your way, but you still have other arrows to shoot and you still have other chances. Learning some focus and perseverance en route to some history. Noah Gross, KXAN News.
Thanks for joining KXAN News today. You can also listen to KXAN News Nightly every weekday after 5.30 p.m. for in-depth coverage on what matters most to you. 